It's been almost a month uh, since we have dug into God's Word on Sunday night. Uh, we had a lot of events and a lot of different things that we were doing through the Christmas season. And so what I want to do tonight is I just want to really review what we've covered so far uh, in the book of Joshua. Kind of like I said this morning, this is a what I would call a midterm review, uh, but there's not going to be a test, so it's okay. Um, we've covered eight chapters so far. There's 24 chapters in the book uh, of Joshua. And so we've covered eight chapters so far. And what I want to do is I just want to go back and look at some of the highlights, look at some of the truths that we have learned uh, as, as God called Joshua and as Joshua led the people. Uh, we've learned a lot about them and learned a lot about what God was doing and why He was doing this to them and through them. So first off, uh, I said this at the very beginning, the very first session uh, in Joshua. There are a couple of truths that we see in the book of Joshua that that really ring out every chapter. So whether you're in chapter 1, chapter 5, chapter 8, and if you move forward, chapter 10, you keep going. These two truths you're going to see over and over again. Number one, the book of Joshua shows us the faithfulness of of God in keeping His promises to His children. So as you read Joshua, you're going to see the promises of God fulfilled time and time again. Why is that? Because God is faithful. When God makes a promise, He keeps it. And we see that in the book of Joshua. Not only that, the book of Joshua shows us the participation of God's children in His purposes for them. That's what I love about the book of Joshua. It's not Joshua and the Israelites just sitting around with their arms crossed watching what's going on. It's Joshua and the Israelites moving forward, exercising their faith in God and moving forward with God. So they're participating, right? Participating in the purposes that God has for them. So we see that God is faithful. We see that when God makes a promise, He keeps it. We see that when God's people trust Him, He empowers them to move forward, to be active with their faith. And when God, when God calls us to something, we can know that no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, when God calls us to something, it is going to be for our good. Okay? It's going to be for our good. And it's going to always be for His glory. And that's what we see in the book of Joshua. Now in Joshua chapter 1, we see right off the bat that Joshua was called by God to lead. He was called by God to lead. Not only that, we see that Joshua committed himself to the Lord. So if you'll remember, Joshua and young Caleb, they served Moses for a long time. They followed Moses. And here's what I believe. I believe one of the reasons why Joshua was such a great leader is because first, he was a great follower. Think about that for just a moment. One of the reasons he was such a great leader is because he was first a great follower. Really and truly, it takes a lot of the same characteristics. Obedience, faith, love, dedication. I mean, a follower has to be dedicated just as much as a leader has to be dedicated. And what we see in Joshua when he was serving Moses was we see a young man who was dedicated. We see a young man who loved. We see a young man who was committed. And now what we see is that God calls him into servant leadership 
And Joshua recommits himself to be obedient, to do what God has called him to do. And so God was with Joseph. We see that in Joshua chapter 1. We see it again in Joshua chapter 2 as we move forward. God was with Joseph every step he made. Not only that, God continued to speak to Joshua continuously. He, he never stopped speaking to Joshua. And I'm going to tell you something. Joshua never stopped listening. One of the things that you'll see throughout the book of Joshua is that he likes to get up early in the morning. If you'll read through the book of Joshua, you'll see that time and time again, Joshua got up early in the morning. A lot of theologians believe that Joshua would get up before anybody else would get up because he could meet with God without any distractions. Now, I don't know how many of you are morning people. Anybody, anybody a morning person in here? Uh, I don't know if you are or not, but... You know, in the morning, there's not a lot of activity. Not a lot of, not a, not a lot of people messing with you. Um, I don't know about you, but I like getting to the church early in the morning, right? Before the phones start ringing and before the knocks start hitting on the door. I love getting to church early in the morning and just sitting down and, and listening to God speak. You know, that's one of my favorite times. Uh, I know sometimes we'll walk over into the sanctuary. You know, there are times when I'll walk over and Andy will be in there in the sanctuary just sitting at the piano, right? just spending time with God, doing what He loves. There's times when I'll go in there and I'll just sit down at the altar and just pray and just talk. Uh, and so we see that with Joshua. We see a man who loved God, a man who was committed to God. And what did God do? God walked with him and God talked with him. And that's one of my favorite parts about, about the book of Joshua when I read it. It's just the personal relationship that Joshua had with God. And God used him in a mighty, mighty way. God used him as an encourager. Now, in Joshua chapter 2, uh, this is a very interesting chapter in the Bible. In Joshua chapter 2, we learn that God can save anyone. He can save anyone at any time. Why? Because God's grace is greater than all our sin. And we simply have to believe, and we see that in a woman named Rahab. In the book of Joshua, we're going to come across some incredible people. We're going to come across some incredible um, circumstances, and this was one of them. If you'll remember, Rahab was a Gentile prostitute. That's what she was. That's what she did. But what we see in Joshua chapter 2 is that her past did not determine her future. You know who determined her future? God did. You want to know why? Because God gave her an opportunity. He gave her an opportunity to believe Him to trust Him, and to move forward with Him. I love what it says in Joshua chapter 2, verse 11. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, listen to what Rahab said. She said, when we heard of it, and she was just talking about the Israelites and what God was doing to them and through them. She said, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. And this, this is her this is basically her confession. She said, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Many theologians, Dr. David Jeremiah, Dr. Tony Evans, many theologians believe that that was her confession of faith. That was the moment where she took advantage of the opportunity God gave her to say yes. Yes to God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And you know what happens. Uh, Rahab, she protects, 
You know, Joshua's men, uh, when they get ready to come back into the city, uh, the men said, we have to spare her. We have to spare those in her household because she showed us protection. She showed us love and grace. And so uh, they protected her. So uh, it's an incredible chapter. I love Joshua chapter 2. But we also see that when it was time for the Israelites to move, that it was God who would lead the way for them. Every time it was time for the Israelites to take a step, God was showing them where to step and when to step. And so that's incredible. The Israelites weren't moving on their own. They were moving in accordance to the Word of God. God would speak to Joshua. God would talk to Joshua. And Joshua would go and speak with the people and teach the people. And they were ready. They were prepared to move when God called them to move. Uh, one of the things that I wrote down about Joshua was readiness. He, he was always ready. You never caught him off guard. He was always prepared. He was always ready. The other thing I wrote down about Joshua is that he was obedient. And his obedience was immediate. Do y'all remember me saying that a few times? Joshua didn't sit back and think about it and go, well, let's try this. or let's, I'm going to pray again. No, when Joshua said, do this, I mean, when God said, do this, Joshua said, yes, sir. And he did it. It was immediate obedience. And that's one of the greatest characteristics that Joshua had. And what we see is as a leader, Joshua led his people to be ready. And he led his people to be obedient. In Joshua chapter 3, if you don't remember, in Joshua chapter 3, we see the Ark of the Covenant. Do you remember they were getting ready to cross uh, cross over the Jordan River? And God told Joshua, hey, get the men to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Why was the Ark of the Covenant so important? It was, this, it was symbolic of God's presence with them. When they saw the Ark, it was as if God was fleshed out, manifested before them. And so the Ark of the Covenant was there as a sign of God's presence. And the priests carried that Ark uh, as they crossed the Jordan River. And I want to talk about that for a minute because crossing the Jordan River was very, very important for two reasons. First of all, crossing the Jordan, it was not just physical, okay? That, that's important, don't get me wrong, but it was spiritual as well. So, so the physical part of it was, God will go wherever you tell us to go. And we'll go however you provide for us to go. And so we see the miracle of the Jordan River parting. And if you'll remember, what did they do? They walked on dry ground, right? Not slushy ground, not mushy ground. It says they walked on dry ground, right? And all of them made it to the other side. So crossing the Jordan River, yes, it was physical, but it wasn't just physical. It was spiritual. What were they doing? They were exercising their faith. They were embracing the power of God in their lives and using it for His glory. And that's what we're all created for. We're all created to glorify God. And the best way to glorify God is to exercise your faith. Right? Exercise your faith. And again, was this easy? I don't think it was. I don't think this was easy. I think they were looking at this going, how are we going to get past this? How are we going to get across this? Uh, why are we doing it? I mean, just imagine all these people, the questions that they may have been asking or the questions they may have been thinking. But what we see in Scripture is that when God gave Joshua a plan, 
Joshua relayed that plan to the people and what did they do? They obeyed. And what did God say about obedience to Joshua? He said, when you obey me, you will prosper. If you go back and look, the early words that God spoke to Joshua in this book, if you obey me, you will prosper. That's something we all need to hear. Now in Joshua chapter 4, he led the people to something else that was very important. It's important to remember. Y'all remember that? We talked about remembrance and why that's important. It's important to remember what God has done for us, but not just remember what else. Tell others about it. Tell others about it. Now I love this in Joshua chapter 4, because what they did was, God told Joshua to set up 12 stones. And if you remember Joshua, when they were crossing the Jordan River, Joshua took 12 stones from the middle of the river. And each man would pick up those stones. So they weren't just little rocks. These were big stones. They would pick those stones up and they would carry them across on dry land. And if you remember, they set those 12 stones on top of each other. They made a monument. They made a memorial. And what they were doing was they were bearing witness to each other, but also witness to God of His power, His strength, and most importantly, His faithfulness. So when they saw those 12 stones, that they gave thanks to God. They praised God for keeping His promises, for His faithfulness. But every time they saw it, don't you know every time they saw those 12 stones, they could tell that story? And that's important. It's not enough just to remember. It's to remember, yes, but then tell somebody else about it. And that's what they did. They remembered what God had done, and they told others about it. Now as we move forward in Joshua chapter 5, we come to this chapter uh, where they took part in circumcision. Alright, so circumcision was an external sign of an internal work that God was doing in their lives. And if you'll remember, we talked about this. So the Israelites in Joshua's time, all of these Israelites were born in the wilderness. Okay? So they weren't a part of that first group of Israelites who were circumcised. These Israelites were uncircumcised. They were moving through the desert and they never, they never took the time. They never set up the time to circumcise. And so at this point, they, they took part of circumcision. Now what God was doing in their hearts was being manifested in their action. It was being manifested in their lives. That's why I say it was an external sign of an internal work. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. Brother Andy might be able to help me. Uh, it might be From the Inside Out. Is that, is that the name of it? From the Inside Out? Um, that, that Bronson Moss loves. Um, I think it's called From the Inside Out. I'm about to look that up. Yeah, and that's what that's the song I'm talking about. So in that song, he, he the the writer talks about how God changed him from the inside out. How God it was his heart change, and the heart change was manifested by the way he walked and the way he talked. Right from the inside out, and that's what was happening with this circumcision. So it was an outward expression of an inward work. That's all it was. And so the Israelites, they were moving forward in their faith with God. They were obedient to what God called them to. Now, after this circumcision, what God would do is He would prepare them to take the land. If you'll remember, when they were moving into the land, there were 
some mighty kingdoms. There were some, there were some, some bad dudes all around them. And so they weren't just moving in the promised land and, you know, building castles and saying, oh yeah. No, they were moving into a land that was heavily populated by some very powerful nations, some very powerful kingdoms. And so what God was doing, even through this step of circumcision, was He was preparing them for the victory that He would give them. So we get to Joshua chapter 6 and of course, Joshua chapter 6 is a lot of people's favorite chapter when you look at the book of Joshua because it's the battle of Jericho. And if you'll remember, Jericho was a fortified city. I mean, walls really high, walls really thick. It was a fortified city. They depended on their walls for security. But what does God do? God gives Joshua an unconventional plan. He gives him an unconventional plan, a strategy that would cause those walls to crumble. Those walls are going to fall. When God says, here's what I want you to do, and when you get done, here's what's going to happen. Would you believe him? I would. Hadn't everything else he said been true? So Joshua, listen, he didn't say, why God? Why are we marching around the city, you know, blowing horns? We, 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 don't we have to attack them? He didn't ask any questions. God said, this is what I want you to do. Seven days, I want you to march around the city. On the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. And at the end of that seventh time, I want you to make a loud blast with the trumpets. And when you do, Jericho will be yours. You know what Joshua said? Yes, sir. He went to his people. He said, this is the plan. And guess what they did? They got in line and they did it. And what happened? The walls of Jericho fell, and they conquered the city. Um, it would be another exercise of their faith. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I love Hebrews 11, because Hebrews 11 is that faith chapter, right? It's the hall of faith, if you will. Well, listen to what it says in Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 30. It says, by faith, you see that? By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. It wasn't man that caused those walls to fall. It was God who caused those walls to fall, and it was through an exercise of man's faith. In other words, they believed what God said, they obeyed, and they prospered. That's what God told Joshua at the very beginning. If you will obey me, you will prosper. If my people obey me, they will prosper. And we see that. So God is faithful. We see that. God is faithful even when we are unfaithful. I wish we could stop at Joshua chapter 6, but we get to Joshua chapter 7, and right after God has blessed them and given them exactly the way He said He would give them, in Joshua 7, it starts off with, but, but. That's not a good way to start. Right? When something good has happened, you don't want to see the word but because that means it's probably going to be the opposite, and it is. In Joshua 7, we see that the Israelites are unfaithful to God. If you'll remember, God told Joshua and Joshua told the people, when you go in and destroy the city, do not touch the devoted things. You remember that? And guess what happened? A guy by the name of Achan guy by the name of Achan took some devoted things and he went and hid it, hid it under the ground, under his tent. 
And if you'll remember, he was found out. Why was he found out? Because the next group of people that the Israelites went to battle with, they got their tails whipped. You remember? They got whipped. They got humiliated. Got beat down. And so they came back and said, wait a minute, what happened? And what they realized was there was sin in the camp. The Israelites were unfaithful to God when he called them to faithfulness. And they drew lots. If you'll remember, they drew lots and families were lined up. And the lot fell on Achan. And so Achan came forward and confessed. What did it cost him? Anybody want to to tell me what did it cost him? His life. Was it just him? His whole family. Everything he possessed, right? All of it. But it didn't just cost Achan and his family. It cost the Israelites too. Because God had given them victory and instead of being obedient and prospering, they were disobedient and they were defeated. And so again, they're exercising faith and they're growing even in their disobedience. Um, Israel then had to consecrate themselves. Joshua called them to consecrate themselves before the Lord before they could move forward. In other words, they had to say, okay, God, you're right. We're wrong. Your way is better. Our way is not. And and so we are humbly coming to you, acknowledging that you are God and we're not. They consecrated themselves. They dedicated themselves to the Lord. But before they could move forward, they had to deal with their sin. And that's what they did. Joshua led them to deal with their sin. But what we see in Joshua chapter 7, even though it started off with but, (laughs) and even though it got really ugly there for a little while, what we see in Joshua chapter 7 is we see God's grace. God's grace is greater than our sin. God's grace is amazing. And then we dig into Joshua chapter 8. And so in Joshua chapter 8, after they had consecrated themselves and after they dealt with their sin, they come to this fortified city, this fortified kingdom of Ai. And in Joshua chapter 8, we see that the Israelites quickly obey. They immediately obey God, and He gives them a great victory over Ai. And what we learn in Joshua chapter 8 is that when God gives us a command, we need to obey immediately. We need to obey immediately. We need to move forward in faith, in God, in His plan for our lives. And so... A lot has happened in the first eight chapters of Joshua. The book of Joshua is about God's faithfulness. It's about God's purposes for His children. It's about God's children participating in it, right? Actually exercising faith. Not just talking about it, but doing it. And what we see is that God delivers His people. When God says, I am with you, you can believe it. When God says, I'm going to lead you, You can believe it. When God says, I'm going to give you victory, you can believe it. But I'm going to tell you something else. Not only do we see God's amazing grace, we do see God's judgment. See, when we think about God keeping His promises, we always think about the prosperity, right? We think about the good things, but God also makes a promise that if you disobey me, you're going to reap the consequences of your disobedience. When you sin... You're going, to reap, you're going to reap the consequences of your sin. And so we need to take God's judgment just as seriously as we take God's grace. And I know we don't talk about that a lot, but we see that a lot in Joshua. And I'm going to tell you something, we're not done seeing that. 
We're not done seeing the judgment of God when it comes to sin and disobedience. We're going to see God's amazing grace again and again and again, but we're also going to see God's judgment against sin. And, and that got me thinking, you know, when I was, you know, pulling this together and kind of reviewing, one of the things that, that I know you see it just as I do is uh, we, we, don't, we don't treat sin. We don't treat sin the way we used to. And maybe, maybe I'm just blind, but um, I think we were a lot more serious about sin years back. I, I think we've watered down. I, I think people are saying, well, this is what marriage is. You know, that, that, God, God really meant this. No, no, what God means is what He says. And it don't change just because the times change. You know what the Bible says about God? He was the same yesterday as He is today, and He'll be the same tomorrow. And so, my viewpoint, the way I'm looking at it is, is I just don't think we look at sin the way maybe we used to, or maybe we just don't look at sin the way the Bible says to look at sin. Sin is dangerous. Sin is deadly. And sin is rejection of God, rejection of God's Word. It's disobedience. It's rebellion against God. And what we do is we say, oh, well, that's a little sin compared to this one. Listen, God don't compare sin. He says if you committed one, you what? You committed it all. Sin is sin, right? It's not little or big or in between. Sin is sin. And I think we see that in the book of Joshua. We see the reality, yes, of God's grace, but we also see the reality of God's judgment. And how dare we ever minimize, right? minimize our sinful condition. How dare we ever start comparing our sin to someone else's and thinking we're better because our sin is little and their sin is big. You better read, you better read the book of Joshua right. You better look at it right because sin has consequences. And God says when you disobey me, you're going to reap the consequences of that. But God also says when you obey me, you're going to reap the consequences of that too. And so we focus on God's faithfulness. We focus on God's goodness. We focus on, on, yes, God's judgment. But here's the thing. God was delivering His people. Don't miss that. The book of Joshua is about the deliverance of His people. That's what it's all about. And you know, for a while there, Moses had the nickname the Deliverer, right? He was the Deliverer. That's... He was the one that was sent to, to lead the people out of exile, out of Egypt, and to the promised land. But Moses didn't get to go in the promised land. He died before they ever stepped foot in the promised land. Joshua is, is sometimes referred to as a deliverer, one who is leading the people. And he does. He participates, and he steps foot in the promised land. But let me just tell you something. Moses wasn't perfect. He was a sinner. He needed saving. Joshua as good as he is and as much as we like to look at him and talk him up, Joshua wasn't perfect. He was a sinner. You know what Joshua needed? He needed saving. The, the Israelites needed deliverance, and it wasn't just a physical deliverance. Moving from this location to this location, it was a spiritual deliverance. And so when you look at the book of Joshua, you can see God's purpose and God's plan to deliver His people, right? Deliver them from their sin. And that's what I see. You know, I, I can see 
the deliverance, the plan of salvation all through. It's just thread time and time again through the book of Joshua. And that's what I hope you see moving forward. When we start in Joshua chapter 9 and we move in 10 and all the way through 24, I'm going to hit this theme of deliverance because that's what it's really all about. Yes, God's good. Yes, God's faithful. Yes, God keeps His promise. But His greatest promise to you and me is that He will deliver us from our sin. And so that's what I want us to focus on as we move forward. Deliverance, right? Not just physical deliverance, but spiritual deliverance. So I'm excited. Uh, we got, got a few more chapters to cover in the book of Joshua, but, but we're going to hit the ground running next Sunday, and we'll be in Joshua chapter 9. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Gideonites, and so uh, it's, it's going to be kind of... They're deceptive. They, they try to pull a little trick on Joshua, and um, so it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that and how the Israelites deal with that. And then we're going to get into Joshua chapter 10. Anybody ever uh, read Joshua chapter 10? You know what happens in Joshua chapter 10? Anybody? The sun stands still. Somebody just said it. Yeah, are, are, You got your Bible open? <laughs> that, that's okay. So do I. But uh, yeah, so in Joshua chapter 10, we're going to read about that occurrence when the sun stands still. And uh, so there's a lot of interesting things that take place. But as interesting as all that is, don't forget, God's purpose for His people is to deliver them. To deliver them from their sin so that they can be in right relationship with Him. And I'm going to tell you, the deliverance comes through the birth, through the life, through the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. He is the true deliverer. And that's what we're going to see. So...